Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Amazing Mets Podcast. Tonight we'll be interviewing one of the Mets' top prospects, David Peterson. We will also discuss the Mets signing of Justin Wilson and many of the other latest Mets news and rumors during our mailbag. Welcome to the Amazing Mets podcast tonight. Uh, this is Jake speaking. I'm on my own tonight. Uh, John from Mets Updates has um, some prior engagements he has to attend to. Uh, so, yeah, so as you heard, tonight we're going to be having David Peterson. Uh, that's going to be our first segment. He'll be here in a few minutes. And then um, after the first ad, we're going to do our mailbag. So before David comes on, I just wanted to bring up some quick news um, that I could just flow through. So today and yesterday, there were two acquisitions by the Mets that uh, will not be appearing on the field. So we have the acquisition of Andrew uh, Perpetua, who will be working in our stats department um, and our analytics department. He is the creator of actually two programs. So one is City Field Home Run HR uh, otherwise known as, um, and that basically is just a city field tracker of different home runs, who hit them, off what pitchers, and who came in. So that's just sort of a general program that he created. He also is the creator of uh, XStats, which essentially it takes into accordance of all of uh, the core stats, uh, including the stash, uh, stat line, RBIs, runs, home runs, and um, incorporate uh, stat cast numbers into those into those analytics. So um, it's a very interesting guy to have uh, brought in. He actually also worked under newly hired uh, assistant GM Adam Gutridge. So uh, he, he probably got very nice recommendation from him. Uh, we also got a uh, baseball prospectus writer in Russell Carlton, uh, who has been writing for uh, baseball prospectus for a while now. So uh, it's really good to have someone who has been analyzing the game in a general general sense, because obviously um, Andrew has been uh, analyzing the Mets specifically along with his XStats program. So, yeah, uh, those are two acquisitions that we made for our analytics department. And the, the main reason I wanted to bring that up is because um, it, these aren't headline pieces of news. You're not going to see this on the front page of most newspapers, but they're two very important um, principle-based acquisitions. 
saying, basically telling us that there there's much more than this offseason that we should be gauging on Brody, um, Brody Van Wagner at least. I, I, I don't think the players that he's putting on the field this offseason are, are really um, going into the season at least are really going to be what dignifies his reign as as the Mets uh, general manager. Uh, I'd like to think that th- there's a lot more uh, behind behind what Brody's thinking is as as the new Mets GM. So yeah, I'm I'm very excited about these two guys coming in. I'd love to have them on the podcast soon um, and try and pick their brains a little bit about what they're assuming is going on and what Brody has been telling them uh, he wants them to do it. So I'm really excited to have these guys in. I also wanted to bring up today is actually Jackie Robinson's 100th birthday or would be his 100th birthday if he were to be alive. Um, Obviously the Mets uh, have recognized Jackie Robinson as every other team has in retiring his number, but we also feature the Jackie Robinson rotunda when you walk into City Field. So, yeah, very, very, very happy birthday to someone who led um, an immersive diversity campaign and has opened the door for a lot of players that have not only played for the Mets, but have played all throughout baseball. So someone like that is, is a legend and someone who should be recognized. Um, so, yeah, very happy, very, very happy birthday to Jackie. Um, we're still waiting for David Peterson to call in. Uh, I'm, re- I'm really excited to do this on my own. I'm, I'm missing John right now a little bit. We both love to ramble, but at this point, I mean, I'm rambling on my own. So it, it's getting a little lonely, but I'm excited to do this. Um, so while we're waiting for David, I'm going to bring up some stuff that's happened this week other than the little pieces that I just talked about. Um, obviously, the signing of Justin Wilson is – very exciting. Uh, I'm excited to have been saying since the beginning of the offseason, before we made any of these moves, I, I wanted Justin Wilson. Um, we signed him to a two-year, $10 million deal. That is only $5 million a year, which I think I'm pretty sure is evenly split up between the two years, so it's not backloaded. Uh, so, yeah, I think he's Specifically, what we got, uh, what we got, what we had a need for, and Brody stepped out and, and within his own constraints, he got what we needed. And I, I think that's something that he's going to continue to do. And um, yeah, just be as efficient as he can as as the Mets GM because I mean that's. That's what we are. We're the, we're the cost-efficient team. Yeah, I, I'd also like to point out Justin Wilson is probably the top left-handed pitcher coming out of the bullpen this offseason. Um, so uh, Brody going out and getting him is really – really something that a lot of people should be looking forward to. Um, and, and I think it's a really big part of 
what would be completing this offseason. I think Justin Wilson is someone very important to the success going into next year. Um, and, and to have Brody go out and walk and and go get him is great. It, it makes this offseason feel a little bit more complete. Obviously, we haven't put out the top product. We didn't go and get the top pro- uh We didn't go and get top prospects. We didn't go and get top free agents. But we, we went out and we got the guys that we can. Um, so now we're waiting for David to come in. Um, David has been personally one of my favorite prospects coming in the past few years. Um, and that he's not the, um, not the top pitching prospect in the organization currently, but in my personal opinion, I think, I think he is. So here he is. We're going to get David on right now. Uh, we might have to break in the middle, but he'll still be here. David, welcome. Hi, how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Good. How has your offseason been so far? It's been really good. Um, got a lot of good work in, and I'm excited to uh, get back to Port St. Lucie soon and, and get going on spring training. All righty. That's awesome to hear. Um, so well, let's just jump into the questions um, and get all this information out of you that I can. Okay. So in 2014, you were drafted by the Red Sox. Uh, in the 28th round coming out of high school. And you decided not to sign there, and uh, you pushed off the MLB to go to college. What was that decision like for you? Uh, it was it was a tough decision because I wanted to, to go play professional baseball, but it was also hard to pass up the opportunity that I had in front of me um, to further my education and, and go play college baseball. So um struggled with it for a little bit, and then, and then it became clear where I needed to go. And obviously, I mean, uh, a huge reason was you shot up uh, almost 28 rounds, almost 27 rounds. So what do you think the biggest difference in your game um, from 2014 in that draft to the 2017 draft, what do you think the biggest difference overall in your game was? I think just having the experience of playing against Division One baseball guys and um, maturing as a player and, and having that experience under my belt was huge for me uh, and helped me grow as, as a pitcher. Mm-hmm. And obviously you had a great time in Oregon. You ended you ended up being the number one pitcher when you left. So what do you think your favorite memory is as a duck coming out of a uh, university of Oregon? Um, I would have to say, just the guys that I met and, and the relationships that I had um, were huge for me. And I, I think all the good memories that I look back on include those people, um, the guys on the team. I mean, that's who I spent all my time with. So uh, you get, you get really close to guys. And um, so that was the biggest thing for me. Okay. Um, 
so yeah, uh, a memory that I have. I mean, I, I've been following you for a while since uh, I was hoping we would draft you, and I'm happy we did. Um, memory that I have of you is your obviously your 20 strikeout game. Um, I mean, that uh, alone is its own crazy feat uh, it, at any professional level. Um, what what do you think? What what was going through your mind during that game, and what do you think led to the execution of 20 strikeouts? With a one-two-three inning in the beginning and a one-two-three inning to end it. Uh, I mean, I I really didn't even know about it until I'd come in from the eighth inning, uh, and my pitching coach asked me if if I was okay and if I wanted to go back out for the ninth. Uh, and then I I heard some some mumbling in the dugout about it. Um, I was just I mean, throughout that game, I was just trying to get people out and and keep our team in the game and. Um, yeah, so that was that was really what I was focused on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's sort of sort of an experience that you sort of just go with the flow with until until the end. I mean, that's that's a that's an awesome thing to have accomplished. Well, so let's move forward a little bit in time. What was it like for you to be drafted by the Mets? I mean, I'm a huge Mets fan, so I glorify them. But coming from uh, an an out of break and and out of so, what what do you think it was like to be drafted by the Mets? I mean, it was a huge honor and a, and a huge opportunity for me, and uh, I was very excited. I did I didn't really have a team that I wanted to be selected by in the draft. It was it was just kind of um, whoever called first and whoever whoever gave me the opportunity to play at the next level. Um, so it was it was a huge honor, and um, I was very excited. Um. So. Between your fastball and your slider, I know I know uh, in an article specified that you have those two pitches. Which one do you think um, you can rely on more? And have you ever tried out any other pitches that that you didn't really agree with or didn't really work out for you? Um, I mean, I would have to say if I had to rely on something more, it would be my fastball, uh, using a two-seam grip and going arm side and, and using a forcing grip and going glove side into righties. Um, I think that's to work both sides of the plate and, and show hitters different movement is, is huge. So if I had to rely on those, if if I had to rely on one of those two, it would be the fastball. Um, and then mm-hmm. along with fastball and slider, uh, my changeup and curveball as well. Mm-hmm. All righty. Um, is there someone so far – in your professional career as a Met that you uh, that stands out to you as someone that was super hard to get out that you, you had an amazing at-bat at bat against you and just won it? Um, yeah, I think last year um, one, of the, one of the best guys I probably faced was uh, Alex Kirloff from the Twins. Uh, he was... Mm-hmm we played them in two different series when I was in high A and, and he kind of tortured us both series. Um, and, um, they got me in the, in the first start that I had against them. And then I was able to get them at home, um, and have a better start against them and kind of shut them down. But I, there was a, he had not bad off of me that lasted, uh, over 10 pitches. And, um, with the success that he was having at the time, it was, it was hard to get him out. So, yeah. So towards the end of it, what was your approach 
just out of curiosity, what was your approach towards the end of that at bat when the original game plan that you had didn't work out? Um, I mean, the game plan that I had worked, it, he was just, I mean, he was he was battling and fighting pitches off and um, mm-hmm. really just kind of stuck to it. We were moving the fastball on both sides of the plate and then running them in on him and going sliders away. And, uh, I even threw him, I think I threw him two change-ups. I know I threw at least one in that at bat. Um, but really just every time that he would foul something off or, or take a pitch, kind of read that and, and take it into the next. I'm necessarily trying to strike him out, but just get him to get himself out. So uh-huh. Get him to run. run. Um, so, yeah, obviously baseball is a huge team sport, and, and we want the, we always want the team to win. But going into 19, what are some personal goals that you would like to meet? Um, well, I think obviously it starts with spring training, having a good spring and, and being able to show um, the coaching staff and the people in the organization um, what I can do. And then um, obviously staying healthy is always huge. Being being able to do everything you can to stay healthy. and um, For me, I think it's just being able to have success, whether I move up or I stay in high A, um, whatever the organization decides to do, um, being able to to read hitters and adjust to hitters. And um, a lot of it comes down to making those small in-game adjustments, pitch to pitch, at bat to at bat. Um, so I think being able to do that better and um, just learn more about who I am and where my development's going. And um, All right, so let's, let's move a little bit away uh, – from baseball and learn more about you because I, I think, uh, I mean, you're definitely part of the future of this team. So I think there's people that just want to know you a little bit better. What is the, what is something that uh, if I Googled you right now, what is something I couldn't find out about you? Um, hmm. that's, a t- that's a tough question. Uh, yeah, it is. It's a challenging one. I mean, the, the few people that I have asked, it's, it, it's a, it's a hard one. I mean, that'd be hard for me. So. I mean, I think it's just, it's probably, um, for me, obviously baseball is a huge part, but being able to, um, enjoy the time I have off the field and, um, having fun and, and just living a life. Honestly, you gotta, you gotta get away from the game sometimes when you can and, um, so I think that's probably something you can't find is just, I guess, life outside of baseball. It's because it's usually you're under a microscope for what you do on the field and how you perform. And so, um, mm-hmm. I think it's, that's kind of key for, for people to think about sometimes is you get caught up in the performance and whatnot. But, um, at the end of the day, when you, when you drive away from the field and you go home, there's, there's something else waiting there for you. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And my next question sort of leads into your your answer for that. What is something that you usually do in your off time that has has nothing to do with baseball? Um, love to play golf. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, some hunting, fishing, and I mean, just like I said, just just having a good time and being able to enjoy that I have the the time that I have off and. Um, yeah. Mhm. 
All right, and and to end it off, I'm going to give you some some easy short questions. Um, so, what, what's your favorite food? Favorite food? Uh, love a good steak, um, mm. and then like Mexican food, Italian food, all that stuff is is at the top of the list for me. Yeah, I gotta agree on the steak. Um, what's your favorite movie? Favorite movie? Um, I think uh, Brothers is probably up there for me. Uh, oh, yeah. A lot of I like a lot of stuff with Will Ferrell in it. Um, that's that's kind of the first one that comes to mind. But um, I like a wide variety of movies, so it's it's kind of hard to narrow it down to one. Okay. Um, what what was your favorite team growing up? Favorite team growing up, um, I like the Red Sox. And then when I moved to Colorado, um, I had some some friends that had connections to the organization, so I kind of got on got on the Rockies train uh, a little bit. Okay. And so. And then lastly, who was your favorite player growing up? Favorite player had to be um, Derek Jeter for me. I mean, the captain. Yeah, so he's the captain. I mean, he's yeah, no, he is. One, everyone wants to embody that. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of good qualities about the way that he went about things, and um, yeah. So as as a young kid, it was it was cool to look up to him. Mhm. All right. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. I wish you all the luck going into next season. I'm excited to see you in spring training. Um, and face all those major league guys and strike them out. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. All right. Have a good one. Uh, we're going to be going to our ad, and after that we'll be going going into the mailbag. Hi, this is Chris from Rattle Up. Join Blake and I this Friday at 6 Mountain or 8 Eastern as we will be discussing many things, including David Peralta reaching number 10 on the MLB Network's top 10 left fielders list, as well as Tori Labello getting his contract extended, along with lots of other Diamondbacks news. We will also be discussing players that didn't make the Hall of Fame, but should have, and other things, such as why big free agents haven't signed yet, and where we think they will sign when they all eventually do. Thank you, and just as a reminder, there will be this Friday... Join Blake and I on an episode of Rile Up at 6 Mountain or 8 Eastern. Thank you. Uh, welcome back. Uh, so, really quick, uh, I'm going to finish what I was talking about um, before David got on. So, uh, I, I'm just, I, I think Brody has put the best team together um that he he can and, and I'm I'm really excited um to see well, how the efficiency uh cost wise will will come into factor this year. So before we go to the mailbag I'm gonna go to a caller really quick. We have Michael from New Jersey who wants to talk about Dallas Cycle. Hey, um, David, right? Uh, this is Jake. I was uh, interviewing oh. David. 
Oh, sorry about that. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, about Dallas Keuchel. Um, I like the guy, and I feel like this is the right opportunity to sign him because his market is like developing slowly. Like he, I've seen him in the past. He's a great pitcher, and I feel like we should give him like maybe like a two-year. Um, what are you saying? Like a two-year, fourteen million dollar deal? I mean, seven million dollars a year for a guy? I mean, nah, he, I think he would take it. What do you think? Yeah, I could agree with you. I mean, I think I mentioned this. I think I mentioned this last week or the week before. As this market keeps going down, the point that Brody was trying to make with saying that we're done is that the current market right now is something that we can't compete with. But, uh, I mean, fortunately for us, this market is very slow because we're not the only cheap team around. So, as that number keeps going down, I mean, as the opportunity arises, I, I think guys like Dallas Keuchel are very, um, very probable for us, honestly. And I, I could agree with you. I mean, I think that two-year, fourteen million, add an option to it, add some incentives to it. I mean, I, if I'm Dallas Keuchel and I'm waiting this long, and it's becoming that much of a challenge, I would take that. Hell yeah, and he was probably one of the best rotations in baseball too, maybe. I mean, we are right now. Addition of Dallas Keuchel, I mean, we're, we're killer. We have a number two pitcher as our maybe number three or four guy. Yeah. All right, Michael, I appreciate you calling in. Before we go to mailbag again, we have one more caller. We have Tim, who is also from New Jersey, wanted to talk about Peter Alonzo. Tim? Hello. Hey, how you doing? What's up? Oh, uh, I'm doing good. How are you? Good. So, what's your question? Um, I want to know if you think Pierre Lonzo should be our opening day first baseman. So, uh, I love the title, um, the the title of opening day first baseman. Uh, I also, mm-hmm. just a little bit more, I, I would rather have that two weeks um, before, uh, after opening day, at least, Um so where we get more year of control um, and have mm-hmm. Dominic Smith be our, number one, uh, our, our opening day starter or have maybe even Todd Frazier, depending on how the lineup looks um, or who we're yep. facing. So, uh, yeah, I, lo- I love the title. I love going out there and trying to um, give the confidence to the kid, but I also would rather have him for one more year because uh, I feel like even that even for my haters, I mean, you got to be – Excited for this guy. Mhm, definitely. Um, yeah, the people who think he should be starting opening day think we have a really good chance of winning uh, the division. So they say we shouldn't waste any time and just cut straight to the chase. But I'm thinking what you're saying. Um, we should get the extra two years and look invest in our future. Yeah, and and I I find that to be. I mean, of course there's a lot of anxiety involved with being a Mets fan. It just comes, it comes with the territory. So uh, I think a lot of people want that to happen is just sort of an instinctual thing, thinking that we're going to lose those two weeks. But uh, I mean, I'm not honestly really against having Dominic Smith be there for, for two weeks. I mean, the guy slimmed down, he was hitting towards the end of the season last year. He's obviously not going to win the spot away from, Alonzo, so I, I'm not. happy with him being there for two weeks. Um, I yeah, what's up? Who knows? 
and who knows how he would do in those first two weeks. He'd be first adapting. So, again, he swings down AAA just to start off the season. It's probably good for him. Exactly. And you put him – I mean, in AAA, you're, you're facing everyone from AAA to Major League Talent. Um, so, he'd be probably even warmer if he went there as well with his um, – I'm pretty sure he's invited to spring training. With all that together – I think it'd be it'd end up being worth more of a while if he Definitely. comes out of um, AAA. Definitely. So thank yeah, you for having cool. me. Oh, for sure. Thanks for coming on. I'll come up next week and ask another question. Thank you, guys. Of course. Alrighty. Thank you, Tim. All right. And um, wow. So that that went by sort of quick. Uh, we're actually going to have to skip mailbag for this week, and this is the end of the podcast. Thank you all for listening. Um, before we go, I'm going to I'm going to let you know that on Stubyard, the the season's coming up very quickly, so make sure to use code B- BPN10, as in Baseball Podcast Network 10, for 10% off your purchase. I uh, appreciate you all for listening. Next week, John will be on. Um. Amazing Mets is produced by Benson Fector. Amazing Mets is a production of the Baseball Podcast Network. Be sure to give our Thursday follow on Instagram, Jake, of the first 162. And follow the Amazing Mets Podcast on Instagram as well at Amazing Mets Podcast. For more Amazing Mets content, be sure to head over to our website at BaseballPodcastNet.com. And be sure to follow the Baseball Podcast Network on all their social media platforms. Instagram at Baseball Podcast Net. Twitter at Baseball Podcast One. That's P O D C A S One. YouTube at Baseball Podcast Network. And SoundCloud at Baseball Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in to Amazing Nuts. We'll see you next time.